hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. Welcome to this episode of From Huns to Humans, brought to you by ThriveMind. Whether you're at a crossroads with your career, wanting to scale your side hustle, or want to start a new business, there are places down the road to change where you might feel stuck and need the experienced help of someone who has been there. Enter ThriveMind. ThriveMind is both a boutique marketing company for your small business, and most importantly, a coach and advocate to help you get your small business off the ground effectively and sustainably. Allie Heatherly, former Avon Hun and anti-MLM advocate, is the principal of ThriveMind and has 10 years of experience in business operations and can give you the tools to reach your goals. Visit thrivemindllc.com today to schedule your free no-commitment call to help jumpstart your side hustle business or career change today. That's thrivemindllc.com to make the big change today. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Feel like I said it Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am so excited because this episode is going to have so much tea in it. I already know. I don't even know what we're going to talk about, but I know it's going to be good. Um, so today I have Lauren Goins and... She just recently left her MLM not that long ago, and she was pretty high up there. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Um, Listen, I'm excited to be here. Um, Do you want me to kind of just start off with like my history and companies? Yeah. Okay. So I, my very first company that I got into was Unique. um, And I was not recruited actually, which is the funniest part of it. Um, it was a mutual friend. She was selling, I was in unique back when it was the glasses case mascara is what I tell everybody. It was when the OG mascara was out. And, um, even on TikTok now, like I talk about how I have snuffleupagus lashes and they like stick straight out. And like, if you can imagine Sesame street and like, you know, the big elephant that has the snuffle that would, that's my eyelashes. They stick straight out and down. And so I used the mascara. I loved it because it held the curl. And so now secret, I realized that it's just waterproof mascara will hold a curl. And so it's not a secret anymore. It, it wasn't even a good product. It's just, that's what waterproof mascara does. And so, um, I got the product I've been in sales. Uh, I worked for a tanning salon. Um, and I also worked for Longcomb um, and Clinique. Uh, in department stores. So I had done that and I got, got the mascara, put it on. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And 
didn't really understand that there was a business opportunity. It feels like so cringy saying that, but like, I didn't understand that you could make money selling it um, until I had dug in more. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just order the kit because I'm, I'm a top seller at a tanning salon. Um, shout out to the tanning salons. They actually, I worked for, I guess I can say that who I used to work for, whatever Palm Beach Tan was who I worked for. And I had a great um, management team that actually taught me the methodology behind sales. Um, and I was very confident in it. I loved selling. Uh, I'm one of those weird people that's like, oh, I love sales. 30 year old Lauren does not love sales, by the way. 30 year old Lauren wants to take a nap. Um, but 20 year old Lauren was really, really good. Uh, and 30 year old Lauren can still hang, but doesn't want to. And so I thought I can just take all these methods that I use and apply it to this makeup stuff and go sell. Had no intention of building a team, uh, didn't understand compensation plans, didn't, didn't get any of that. Uh, but very quickly you join an MLM. What's the first thing that happens, especially if you're selling is you get, you get swarmed. It's all these different people. They're like, oh, she's a top seller. She's doing this. How are you doing it? what, you know, what are you doing? What's your methods? And I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't have any methods. I just know how to sell things. I'm happy to talk about that with you. I was very like, what do you mean? Um, but then the community came with that. And so uh, inside of Unique, when I was there, I was a purple status. Uh, so black status is the highest that you can get. I was one level under that. Um, and it was, I was all in, like I, I was so all in most people knew me because of, um, my friend that I worked for. Um, and she's still in the company. She's, she's one of the top tippy tops. Um, but I was not only her assistant. I mean, we were, we were best friends. And so I being her assistant, I had access and could see everything going on with the black statuses and I was purple status. So I guess we, even me doing it for her, we didn't even look sideways at it. Um, responding to her messages. Uh, if you got a message back from her, it was probably me back then. And so it got to the point where it was almost asking more of what I could actually do, uh, and was not doing it good enough anymore. And so Fun fact, I was able to stay in that company and keep doing it because of my personal assistant income. Go ahead. So it sounds like you were actually working even harder. Like you were doing her <laughs> job for her and you were still only getting paid purple status, which it, like, yeah. it's just crazy because like, even though the top like quote unquote make money, um, uh -huh. and like some, some people make really good money, money and at the top and some companies make really, really bad money at the top. Um, but like, no matter what, like you were definitely not being paid what you should have been paid to do that. To even have to do it. And so it kind of became one of those things. Um, and this is part of like the deprogramming and like my, my journey and healing is going I should have been getting paid more to where I didn't have to even be a personal assistant. We could have just been friends. Um, and so, and she paid me well. And so when that ended, um, Oh, I, oh, I was I, confused. I was confused. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so, you so she were, paid me good. She, you were under her, like 
um, but you are also being paid like legitimately as a personal assistant. Correct. Paid taxes on and everything. Yes. Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a whole, that's a whole section of fee because they don't educate you on taxes. And so, oh my God, that's what, 2014, 26. I don't know. It's one of those years. That's something I'm still having to deal with because it was tacked on after I had filed my taxes. And so mm, that's a whole, that's a whole thing. And so moving on that, um, when I decided like, okay, well, fine. If you're not paying me that I was a smart businesswoman and said, fine, I'm going to go repyramid to where I can make up that money. Um, and I've learned recently, that's what it's called. It's called repyramiding and it's where top leaders, they will exit one company. We see it right now with Monet going to Q science and it, it happens all the time. It's like, not even that I hate saying it's not that big of a deal. Cause it's a, actually a massive deal and kills people financially, but everybody was going to Lime Life and I literally got off the phone with her. I messaged three people that I knew that had joined at Lime Life. Um, and was like, yo, what's your link? I want to sign up. And I know you want me, like, I just need one of you to give me something. Um, I have kind of a different story in the sense of a lot of people will talk about, well, my upline, my upline. I was very much the person that was like, I don't need no stinking upline. Like, I don't need none of y'all. Um, and I think, honestly, Angelique, her story here recently, I think in hearing that process, I'm like, there's a bunch of Angeliques that are in companies that people don't realize are like, these are incredibly smart business women. They are tactful. They're intelligent. They know how to sell they can go be utilized elsewhere. Um, and so that's a, a huge part of it. But anyway, went to Lime Life. I was a executive star director. I had to think about that for a minute because it's so many words, executive star director. So that is one under senior director, which is second from, or first from the top of that company. And so I was there, I was at Lime Life Unique for three to four years, Lime Life three to four years. And then my most recent was two years. So Lime Life, um, kind of deprogramming from that because there was so much trauma in between in my personal life. Um, I didn't realize until I was getting ready, I had forgotten so much that had happened. And what's so crazy is going back now, once you realize you forgot something and you're trying to bring up those memories, they will flood back. And I didn't realize how intense some of those were. Um, so anyway, segue to the next company. I actually left the industry um, and I was out for a year and a half, a year, and I completely forgot about this company when I told you, but I went to a company called MIG, um, which is like a soap company um, and wellness. I'm like here to tell you, you hear beauty, beauty, soap, wellness, and you're like, what? Um, it made no sense for me to be there. I was a corporate direct leg. Um, there was no communication between corporate and the field. Um, and it's you, not really a, sorry. Yeah. Can you tell us what a corporate direct leg means? Yes. So corporate direct leg, it means that you do not have an upline. Your upline is corporate. So you are at the top and a lot of people like I know, honestly, when I, when they offered it to me, I was like, yeah, I'm good. Because I thought like, okay, well now I don't even have to recruit because they're just going to build under me. No, that was, and I will say that looking back on it now, 
hands down applaud that company because they did not. Um, the one thing they did do was we would receive leads. And so then you're like cold calling. You're like, hey, I heard you're interested in MIG. And I'm like, they lead nowhere. Like they lead absolutely nowhere. And so I have built like a super tiny team with them. Um, it was definitely a good example of like inventory loading because they did have the really big packs that you could buy. Um, so I was there and I was like, oh my God, I've got to get back in beauty because I can't, I can't do this. Um, this is not, this is not up my alley. My clients don't love it. Nothing is going to work here. And so, um, actually my mentor, she was the CSO of Avera. She's no longer there. Um, and I won't really spill any tea on her because I'll, I'll say this again. She is my mentor. She is still my mentor. She is a very special person to me. Um, but she is no longer there. Um, and so that she was the whole reason why I came to that company and I busted open the doors and I said, Tracy, I'll come, but I'm not going to be anything other than a corporate direct leg. And I said, <laughs> I'm like, I love how I said that now. Cause I'm like, I'm not, not doing it. I'll either work in corporate. Um, so if they had a corporate position, I was like, I'll, I'll help you guys launch this company or I'm going to be corporate direct. I'm not having an upline um, because, and we'll get into that. I didn't need an upline, but my uplines had some pretty snaggy things that they used to do in all my companies. And so I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be able to make the decisions. I wanted to make the systems. I did not want my team to be infiltrated from shitty behavior. And so I just straight up said, let me be a corporate direct. That did not happen. Um, that didn't happen. And so they did not recommend me to someone. I actually sought out my upline there. Um, and then when she left the company, this is tea time. This is a little bit, I don't, I don't think this has been discussed. Um, so my upline left the company. She was a corporate direct. And so I was given the option to go direct to corporate or I could roll under somebody. Um, and I Wait, made the decision. Yeah. Are we, which MLM are we talking about right now? So this is Evera. E-V-E-R-R-A. They are a international influencer hub that has multiple brands, ah. multiple brands. And so, so this is your third or fourth MLM. This is, this is my fourth. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. my my very first one I didn't include because I say it doesn't count, but I did do pure romance. That's honestly, that's just a comedic time. It's hysterical. Me selling pure romance was, I mean, I just, I I'm, I'm, might have a sass, spicy, sassy mouth. I was not a spicy, sassy person. It did not fit me, but I was like, I want to empower people to get a vibrator. And <laughs> my family did not understand that. Uh, that empowerment side of me and they quickly shut that down but I did do one party and did do one party and it was a lot of fun I will say that that was a lot of fun um so yeah so that's one two fifth yeah ew okay so yeah my last one um that was the nail in the coffin that was the end so yeah so Okay. Sorry. I think I cut you off in the middle of no, you were, you were about to spill some tea and I was confused about which MLM you were talking oh, about. So yeah, yeah we still oh, need yeah. the tea. <laughs> well, 
we'll segue back to that. So I was offered the corporate direct position or I could roll under um, the corporate direct that they had. Um, and they do have several corporate direct legs. However, there is only one that has a, a team really that's working. Um, and so I actually chose to go under her because, um, I, I did feel like in the first time in the industry, like I had had some support. Um, and so I had rolled, I, I opted to roll under her. All right. Hmm. Damn. All right. So five MLMs total. That's a lot. Um, and one of the things that me and you have talked about offline is that you felt like you were, um, you were the upline that we talk about on these podcasts and in our YouTube videos and all the channels. So what was that like for you? And what was it like? I have so many questions. So what was that like for you? And also like, what was that like when you initially started finding out about anti-MLM and you were like, they are talking about me. It's like um, that, um, that TikTok where it says, is this about us? <laughs> is this about us? Literally. Or it's the one where it's like, oh no, oh no, that one. Oh yeah. my gosh. So this is kind of funny. So I, it's not, it's funny. Okay. It's funny. So this past year, CC had done a video on someone that I actually was under. And I mean, girl boss gatekeep. What is it? It's the thing. Girl boss gatekeep. Gaslight. Gaslight girl Gaslight. boss. Gatekeep. gatekeep. Yes. Yeah. And so I was going to be the gatekeeper. And I was like, I'm about to, I'm about to tell CC everything. I was coming in hot. I was like, I'm fixing to spill all this tea because she was shitty and this happened. And I mean, just first of all, that's not my character to be like, oh, you don't like her? I'm gonna come sit by you and we're not gonna like her together. That is not me. And so I actually, oh my God, I was obnoxious with Cece. I was like, this is this and this is this. Well, then this is funny. So two of my girls left and they were like, Lauren's telling people, Eddie Vera, that you're spilling tea and that she's giving you all the tea on Mary and Cece's like now I'm gonna do a deep dive on Ivera and I'm like well shit and so it was so funny though because looking back on it me and the other two girls are all out of MLMs now we actually like that's our anti-MLM chat I'm like did you pull numbers from the ghost account today like what does it look like we have a ghost account we can still see their numbers it's not great um that's so bad. Um, but anyway, we're all good now. And they were like, yeah, CC. And I remember when, and I'm honestly, I'm going to say this and people are going to love it or hate it. I remember that my stomach just dropped and I was like, "Mm, well, if CC does it, we're done. We're done. Shut the doors, put the garage down. Everyone's quitting. And, and it's because she is very, she's calculated and how she sets up the, the, YouTube and the commentary, but she is also, she uses legal terms. She uses descriptive, um, terms that are not just, I don't like them and they suck. It is a very educated YouTube. That's why I like her stuff. And so CC is actually probably one of like the catalyst of why I'm out number one. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, we're done. Might as well just quit. But it was also, she is so blunt and to the point that I kept watching videos in between and I'm going, but I do that. I'm coming across as this, this influencer, this direct seller, this leader 
that wants to make a change and I wasn't making any changes. So do you want me to tell you like about some of my gross tactics? Yeah, I would love to hear about some <laughs> of your like, gross tactics. Yes. Yeah. So um, we had the, the Cinderella challenge in Unique, which I'm sure you've all gotten the message of, I only have until midnight to hit this goal. Any purchase that you make off my web, like first of all, as someone who really loves sales, I'm embarrassed. I'm just embarrassed because you're not selling anything. You're begging at that point. You are a Girl Scout cookie outside of Winn-Dixie on a Saturday morning that wants people to buy Girl Scout cookies. Nobody is invested in you. Um, I'm so sorry, but I need to um, interrupt you here to tell you that no one is begging. <laughs> like everyone wants Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scouts are not true. begging. <laughs> this is true. I will say that that they are to the point now where it's like, who's selling the cookies and where can I get them? But but that's what it felt like. It felt like Girl Scout, even like when I was a cheerleader, it was like, can we wash your car? No, no, you can't wash my car. I don't even know how to put soap on a vehicle and what I do at 30. But when I was a kid, no, my grandpa would not have let me touch his truck and wash his truck anyway. So I decided that this was the message. And honestly, what it was looking back now is this is a last stitch effort to go in and get those last minute sales. I had everybody in the company doing it. We was all doing it. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, I got this sale. And one girl messaged me back one night. I will never forget this. She had had $500 in sales. And she's like, I got $500 in sales. And I'm like, how do you have that many people? Like me being me, I'm looking back at this and I'm like, this is not even a sales method. How did you have that many people that felt bad enough to spend $500? I'm like, this is not even a sales tactic. This is a, this is a Hail Mary. And um, so that was one. The other one is the flash sale. Have y'all gone over flash sales that unique people have done? No, not on this podcast. Okay, so... A flash sale is when you take your product. So you have a hundred percent value right here on this product, right? And I, the person presenter makes 25% commission. Okay. Well, if I have a flash sale at the end of the month, because I'm trying to hit a bonus or a goal, I can say it's a flash sale and I'll mark off my 25% in order to go make $50 here. Effing ridiculous. It took so much time. You had to organize the flash sale. You had to organize the event, the post, but then you had your team doing it. So you have your entire team doing a flash sale and nobody's making any money. It's negative. So also, aren't they not allowed? Like you're not allowed to mark down your products, right? No, you're not. That's completely against policies and procedures, but I'm just going to say it. Q Angelique, obviously nobody cares about those because we still have, <laughs> what is her name? Sally May? No, that's, that's the government. Um, that's student loans. But anyway, yeah. she's still there. And then yeah. Angelique is terminated because she loves the company. Yeah. So right, right. it's only if you actually care about them that they terminate you. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know who Angelique is, she will be on the podcast soon. We have a scheduled episode. She's so good. She's amazing. I love her. Yeah. She's, she's empowering. It's inspiring. Okay. Anyway, so I would do flash sales. Um, what were other things that I would do? I would, I would teach the method of you need to don't be spammy. Right. So we had exited the era of let's just go be trash boxes and send everyone a copy and paste message. Um, so I exited out of that and I'm like, we need to build relationships. We need to build relationships with people because that's ultimately 
how they're going to join you um, and stay loyal to you. So I would preach the list of hundreds all day long. Listen, we all had a list of a hundred people. And for those of you that don't know what a list of a hundred is, you, this is so dumb. You literally sit down and you write a list of a hundred people that you want to reach out and contact. And then I also had what's called the dream team, which is another list of people that you have. And those are the people that you, you dive in deep with. Those are the ones that you, you stay engaged with and on just, just now, if you're trying to build an Instagram channel, people will tell you, you need to go engage on the accounts that you have in common, exact same thing. And so I would target solely target, not necessarily people. I had moved out of the era as preying on people who really need the opportunity they love to preach that. And I moved into the era of, no, I want people that can sell the product because that's how I'm going to make money. And so fun fact, I actually was one of a few um, inside of mom life that had hit an executive level with a smaller team because I had people that would sell the product. I was also a top seller and a top recruiter. So were there any like legit sales that you felt like were happening? I mean, like there must've been if you were a top seller. For me, yes. Um, that's one thing that I'll say I did not do a lot of. Um, if I did do it, it was just like a, I use this product. So I'll have like one or two. Um, I was a top leader who was also poor. Hashtag surprise everyone that thought that I had just bankrolled money. Um, and I don't want to say poor. I, I want to say I, I was barely making ends meet. Um, and it wasn't necessarily because of not just my circumstances, but it was also the way the compensation plans were set up. Um, there is a huge difference between, between being second from the top and being at the top. Um, there's also a huge difference in compensation plan structures, um, which I don't know if you need to like write that down, but, um, that's a huge tactic that I see prevalent that new companies are starting to do is we don't have any structure requirements. So it's just based on volume, which I will tell you personally, uh, my team was doing over a hundred thousand dollars a month with my last company. Um, you want a structure-based comp plan. If you do not have a structure-based comp plan, it drastically changes the ways that you can make money. I so I mean I haven't I I don't really look too much at um the comp plans personally because yeah I just I just don't um but I have looked at a few so what um so is it like between nothing and prison wages like is prison wages the good comp plan and nothing is the bad comp plan yeah, honestly, with the amount of time that's put into it. So um, when I go all in on something, and I think that's probably why some people are like, oh God, she has joined the anti-MLM movement because they're like, it's not going to be just a little something like she's going to try and like, she's going to press it. Um, and the good thing is now I just don't care um, what anybody says, does, comment. I just, it's irrelevant to me. Um the mission behind it's bigger, but 
the amount of time that I was spending versus what I was making was minimum wage at best. And a lot of people will come back. I hear all of you that are listening to the podcast because you don't like me or you think I'm doing this as bad. Um, I was maintaining my ranks. I was still selling. I was still showing up. I was not lazy. Like they love to use that term. And I'm just going to tell you, I embrace the lazy now. Um, I was still working my business. It's just the way the plan works. It's just the way that it's set up. Um, I would encourage anybody, if you're inside of a direct sales network marketing is to start writing down how many hours a day you work and then figure up your paycheck. If you need help with that, there's plenty of people that do math that can help you. Um, it's, it's kind of sad actually. It's really sad. It's really sad because it's like, they almost try to pay you in like the positivity like, oh, mm-hmm. like, like when you were doing the flash sales and not making any money, it's like, well, you helped you somebody rank. rank. You helped somebody else rank, Absolutely. though. That's even more important. You helped your upline rank. So. Oh, yeah. And I had the teams, and I still to this day will say that my downline was some of the best downlines that, that's in the industry, period. I love them. I, I'm here because I do love them and I do care about them. That's why I'm here. Um, but they were all engaged with me. Everybody, if, if they found out that I was going for something, 100% they had my back. Um, I've gotten a couple messages today from people that are still in the industry. And they were like, I never thought that you were a bad upline. And I'm like, I'm glad you didn't, but I see the way I treated you. Um, and I, I don't air all my dirty laundry. I'm not that person. There's a ton of friendships that I've lost that were really good friends. Um, and that is a part that actually make it a goal like once a week to reach out to one of them and just apologize. When I, when I quit my company, the, my last company, that first week to two weeks, I spent on the phone. Um, and just, I just apologized. Um, and I'm not saying that to like, make me look good. I'm saying that because that's, it's a part of healing that people don't talk about is when you have wronged somebody or you feel that you've wronged somebody, you need to go to them and address it. Um, actually, the girl that I was like, Cece, guess what she said? I actually went to her and called her on the phone. And I was like, yeah, listen, um, you don't have to like me. We're not best friends. Um, if I had a question about something, I'm sure I could reach out to her, but uh, I apologize to her. Cause I'm like, why would I do that? Like, why would I actively go and be like, this girl right here is X, Y, and Z. And then especially being an upline and being at the top of a company, uh, knowing how that affected my mental health, which I know we'll get into. Um, that was hard. That was hard, but that was, that was probably one of the best parts of my journey was reaching out to people and apologizing. Yeah. I got and, a long way to go. <laughs> it, I think you're right. That is a part that a lot of us don't really talk about, but I do know that a lot of us do that. Um, I did that. I'm still doing that. I still have people that I haven't reached out to yet because it, they're hard. It's really hard to reach out. And a majority of the people that I've reached out to were like, why are you apologizing to me? Like, because I yeah. need to. <laughs> I'm like, I needed to. I had one girl and she's still in MLMs um, that I reached out to. And I was like, I did you completely dirty? Um, and I'm, I'm sorry. And she was like, girl, you were doing your job. Like, why are you apologizing? And then, I mean, now I've had some that I've reached out to that I'm like, hey, so sorry. And they're like, F off. Don't blame them one bit. 
I, I validate their feelings because I think you should be able to say, I don't want that. Um, I made a post the other day that was like, not everybody wants to sit at your table. Not everybody wants to. Um, and that's okay. You're not all supposed, we're not all supposed to be best friends. We're just not, it's, it's, it's too much. Um, and that's a good segue into being an upline. Oh man. Yeah, let's hear it. What was that like? Oh, God. So I think what was the hardest thing for me, um, when you're an upline, you know everybody's stories, right? Like, you know what's going on with every single person. It is physically impossible to reach out to every single person. It's physically impossible to, to check in, to have an hour and a half long phone call when you've got 1500 plus on your downline. It's impossible. You can't do it. Um, or a hundred on just your front line. You, there's no way. And I know a lot of uplines, they go, well, that's the community. Like the community is supposed to do it. And I think since I've gotten out, I've seen it even more of, well, my upline didn't check on me. And so I remember when I was leaving and I actually did call them and I was like, do I have your permission to talk about this? Um, and not that like it's tea to spill, but I think it's such an important situation for people to understand as they're exiting, but also as, as people, how to treat each other. Um, and so big secret in January, I was already leaving. I was waiting on my paycheck. Um, (laughs) I already decided. Um, and I didn't want to tell anybody because it, if that gets out, then you're not getting paid, period. Um, and I remember going online and seeing my two friends that had left. And it was just like comment after comment after comment. I was like, she's a shit leader. She sucks at this. She's so fake. And I'm like in my bedroom, bawling, not when I say like not functioning, I mean, like I was not talking to anyone. Um, and I'm just like, I know you have a ton of resources, but like, I don't think people understand how unhealthy that is and what a scary, dark place I was in to where an MLM does this to you. And this has kind of been my unpacking this week. You don't want to tell anybody how you're feeling about things because you don't know how they're going to use it against you. Um, and that's happened to me multiple times. Um, and so it's, it's very hard for me to make friends. And these two girls were two people that I had considered my friends. Um, and then I have another friend who's still in the company. Um, and listen, they all hate each other. Everybody hates each other. And it was, and it's still is so hard to hear just the pure hate, especially when you're a fixer. And so I, I know we have time. I'm a, I'll dive into that. So I am the person that I want all of my family at Thanksgiving, right? That's not conducive to my family. My family will never do that. Um, and so if my family wouldn't do it, I would want my friends to do it. Guess what? All your friends are not going to sit at Thanksgiving table together. Um, and so I had always held on to that and tried to make one party understand the other party. Um, but I remember reading the comments and being in a space where I could not say anything because I needed to get paid. Um, my husband is like the best man in the whole wide world. Um, and can I just like segue this one part about it? My husband did not tell me to quit my company. I walked past that fool. It was like, by the way, 30 minutes ago, I quit. 
And he's like, okay. The rumor was that my husband made me quit. I'm like, give me some power. I am a powerful woman. I quit that shit on my own. Thank you very much. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just, I was, oh, I was so mad. I'm still mad about that. But anyway, um, the really cool thing about that, um, my friend Katie, who loves her, actually, this is funny. Roberta did a TikTok on Evera during this time. And Katie and Jamie, I can say their names. They're fine with it because they know I'm on here. Katie and Jamie were commenting. They're like, oh, you should talk about Evera. And I was like, you bitches. I was so mad at them. But at the same time, I was like, I get it. But once again, I, I had to be quiet. I could not get involved because I had to get paid. And so my husband like planned a getaway trip and he was like, unplug. And I'm telling you that for a specific reason. That was three days of unplugging. That was also three days of deprogramming and me going, why am I really doing this? And not speaking to anyone in the company, not speaking to anyone out of the company. It was three days of me. Um, and I was so blessed that like, I know not everybody can do that. And if you can't do that, I understand, but find some way to do that. That is huge. That is huge because, um, there are like, I think that there's, I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, oh, I was going to say that what I see a lot of is people who, are um like they take a break because of covid or a family member sick or whatever and then you end up um questioning everything and you're like oh my gosh like am i really doing this like why am i doing this um and like the cognitive dissonance starts to really kick up and you start to really question everything is whenever you get that little break oh listen the break was everything and the cool thing about it was so Jamie, and she's, she's literally okay with me using her name, Jamie. She's a phenomenal makeup artist. My husband, like I would talk about Jamie, especially, um, I was so proud of her because she had, she had dealt with harassment. She had dealt with so much inside of the business. She was a top leader in Canada. Like she was phenomenal and shout out to Canadians. Cause I love them. Um, but Jamie would not speak to me um, because I wasn't standing up for her. I couldn't. As an upline, I'm going to go ahead and tell you inside the industry, you don't get to be against the company ever. That's not an option. You cannot disagree with them. You cannot make a stand. You sit down and shut up because um, you can't check. And that's what happened to Angelique is that she questioned yeah. the company and here yeah, we are. That, yeah, here we are. She's going to do way better without everyone, but whatever. Um, she's just amazing. I could listen to her. She, her personality, she's great. Everyone should watch her. But um, Katie, she actually like went TikTok viral. Um, phenomenal makeup artist. Um, just brilliant at what she does. She's beautiful. Um, I'll like send you her stuff, if, whatever. I don't know how we do all these things on here. It's, you're my first, it's my first time. Um, <laughs> we can Katie include her in the show notes if she yeah. would like that. Yes. Um, but Katie made this one profound statement to me and there was, a, and this is a real, really good example of if you want to get somebody out of an MLM, if you want to help a friend that's inside, like understand 
And I said, when I got back from my trip, I said, can we sit down and like, you tell me all this tea that you have found that's supposed to open my eyes. Um, and this goes into like Scientology and all that, but you don't know someone's bad when you're in and they're doing good. You don't know a situation is not good unless somebody is literally like, go to Google. And things kept coming to me and she, she was showing me things and she made one statement to me and she said, Lauren, you are a good person and you're a good person in a bad environment and they are going to change you more than they already have. Something about, and I'll tell you this about Katie, Katie is one of the scariest people that you'll ever meet in your life. She is so like blunt to the point, hardcore. Um, and she's passionate about right and wrong. And when she sat me down and she was, she wasn't angry. She was, I love you, but this is not healthy. That was, that was life-changing for, I mean, that was, that was it. That was, it was over. Um, and so we've been able to like reconcile and then my friends that are, you know, inside of the company, um, I love them. I'll say that that's why I'm here. Um, and I'll say this about people like CC and Isabella, I think is her name. She's like, they're, they're both like, they're funny. They're the ones I watch to like be entertained, but they're also very blunt to the point. And, um, Sometimes it does take exposing top leaders to make them get out of the industry, to make them realize that they should have never been there to begin with. And that sounds like it's targeting or whatever, but when you go after the top leaders and I see it in the anti-MLM movement, they're like, look at these huns. And I'm going, you know what, honestly, if you can get them to quit, it's one of the best things that'll ever happen to them. And that's coming from someone who was a top leader in three different companies, top seller, top recruiter. I was a lifer. Um, the best thing that ever happened to me was when people started saying, this is not what it's supposed, you're not supposed to do this. Um, but I think there's a huge, a huge thing with like my upline is not checking in on me. Um, I think that one hit me the hardest because you think that there's a lot of people checking on the upline um, and people say, oh, it's lonely at the top. It's not lonely. There, there's so many people, but because you're at the top, everyone thinks you're okay. Um, and it like, it feels, it feels really good to say now, like I wasn't okay. I'm okay now. Um, but it, I don't think I would have made it honestly. And I think that's the part that like, we can want FTC signatures plug in there. If you haven't already go sign. Um, I don't think people see how much of your life it can change. Um, I was actually talking to someone in my family today and I said, you have no idea. Um, the life choices that I made because I was inside of the industry 
the opportunities, real life opportunities that I've missed out on um, and the harming decisions that I made because I was inside of an MLM. So it was hard. It's not easy. You're not sitting in a car all day. And I know people say that all the time. You have to work hard, but there is a difference between working hard and um, completely throwing your mental health away. And I, I threw mine all the way away. My husband still to this day is like, we're going to watch a show on Netflix. Are you, and this is his question. It makes, oh man, it makes me so sad. Um, Cause he's like, are you going to watch it? He still asks that. Are you going to watch it? Um, and it sounds silly that it's that one question. Um, but it makes me realize like all he wanted was his wife to come in and chill with him um, and bless his heart. We actually, we got together and married in a very short amount of time. Um, but he, he married me. Um, oh my gosh, that's a core memory. When we got together, I was not in the industry. Um, this makes me so sad now. Um, our wedding was July 31st. And if anything sticks out to you about that, it's the date. It was the 31st. It was the end of the month. And our wedding night, I was on Facebook Live trying to, I had just joined that company and wanted to hit leadership within 15 days and be like, I don't know, mine's bigger than yours to everybody. Um, But yeah, on our honeymoon that that was more important than eating cheesecake naked in bed with my husband because <laughs> honestly that's what we did we ordered cheesecake um that was more important to me than just focusing on on him and that's those are the little things that I think every time I talk about it and I go oh my god this happened and I'm like oh oh my God, that happened. Um, and it, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts me for him. Um, but it hurts me for me too. But I will say I'm very lucky. We travel, we go, we do like we've had, we've had 1800 honeymoons since then. Um, but I think now I'm more conscious of, is this a moment that I can scroll TikTok or is this a moment that I don't need to have my phone anywhere near me? Um, and just that awareness, I think is, it's a, it's a huge part of getting out. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That, that was hard. That was a, that was a, a lot. And I just, I didn't realize it until we got to talking. Yeah. That's why you're good at what you do, Daniel. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so I think you brought up a lot of like so many good points. Um, you're right. Like uh, I, and I was never anywhere near the top of the company. I was always at the bottom. Um, but like, that's the best place to be, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, but like, you never think about like what your upline mental health is at all. And now, like, I mean, I'm definitely like, obviously I'm not in an MLM anymore, but right. even now, like with how much like content I make and things like that, like it's exhausting. It's exhausting feeling like you are 
always like needing to be on, on. and also like always being accessible to people. Oh, can I tell you, I posted today. I don't know what I did. I've been like posting like just sassy reels and TikToks, but I think I posted something and I was like, boundaries are sexy. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is hot. It is like, if you, if you want to know how to be that girl in 2022, it is to set boundaries and say, no, like the answer is no, I cannot do that for you. Or that's not a part of my journey today. I love that TikTok. Um, but, but just finding ways to be able to say no without giving an explanation. It's no is a complete sentence. It's just no. Um, that has been so empowering for me. I know a lot of people, they're like, I want to say yes to everything. Like they pick like a yes day or something. I don't know. It was some trending crap, but I'm like, I'm going to pick no days. Like, and that's a new thing that I have where I'm like, nope, this day is for me. Um, yesterday was a day that like, for me, I didn't do anything. I did my hair. I did my nails. I did physical therapy, shout out to network marketing for giving me cubital tunnel, not carpal tunnel. Um, it's a real thing. Um, what, what is that? So I love talking about this. So this is so crazy. I was, like I said, top leader. Let's just really mess up the patriarchy right now. So I was a top leader who did not have health insurance. Most of them do not. Health insurance is expensive. Um, and obviously, if your mental health is not a priority, neither is your regular health. So that was not a bill that was going to get paid. Um, and so my husband, I he has health insurance. And I'm like, yes. Like, I was like, nailed it. Like, I bagged a good one this time. Ladies, let me tell you, <laughs> he is the best. And so he was very much like on my path of healing. He's like, go to the dentist. Um, I went to the dentist, by the way, got my teeth clean, everything fixed. Um, but my physical health and mental health was another part. So cubital tunnel is with carpal tunnel. It's your, I know they can't see us, but like, if you do whatever, like we did in like the nineties, like if you do that, those are your fingers that are affected by carpal tunnel. If you have your ring finger and your pinky finger, those are affected by cubital tunnel and cubital tunnel. This is going to like, this is, this is unlocking something. Lauren is a huge researcher. And for me to get scammed as many times as I did is embarrassing um, because I will find a rabbit hole and just, I swim in it. So cubital tunnel is actually, this is your elbow and there's a nerve like on your funny bone almost. And it is caused from leaning on a desk or it is caused from holding your phone up like this too much and it cuts off the circulation. So like I would lose feeling in these um, and it got worse like after COVID or whatever. But um, yeah, I went to the physical therapist. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Why can't I have carpal tunnel like everybody else? Why do I have to have cubital tunnel on my funny bone? And it's just, it's a mess. So there's lots of ways you can fix it. Physical therapy is helping me. Well, thanks for that. I feel like I need to go to the doctor now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. And I did not think about it until the physical therapist, she was like, so what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I'm unemployed. Honestly, I swear that is my favorite thing to say right now, because I'm in like this swing period of like, what am I, what am I doing now mm-hmm. with my life? Um, and so like I do graphics and design work and I love social media, obviously, and marketing. And so 
that's what I've been doing for real estate agents. And you guys would be shocked at how many people inside of network marketing and direct sales could walk out today and go get a job as a virtual assistant, as working graphics, doing social media, like it's insane. Um, so I've been doing that like in between. Um, but I told her, I was like, I mean, but I've always worked on social media. And she was like, how often have you been on your phone? And I was like, um, well, you see what had happened was all the time, my whole life. And if you think about it, I got to a point where my wrist hurt so bad. I would only work on a laptop. And now I'm at the point where I can kind of use my phone, but most people who work on social media are all working from their phones and they're not using a laptop or anything like that. So self-awareness, don't lean on your desk and don't hold your phone too long. I'll like start posting stretches on my TikTok or something for you guys. Yes, please. Do these motions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> I know we went to physical health real quick. We're supposed to be on mental health. Um, it's all connected. It's all important. It is. What about leaving? Do you want me to like talk about like how that process has been? Yeah, that'd um, be great. So since I left, I will say day one, it was like Ferris Bueller's day off. Like I was, I was the happiest person in the world. I was like, drop the email, drop the announcement, peace out. I went through a stint where I was like, I'm going to do, I love, I love affiliate marketing. Like people that do affiliate marketing. I'm like, good. You know how to do the disclaimers. You know how to run the ads. You, you know how to do things the right way and you're not recruiting a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had, and I think that's fine. I think if you want to sell things, whatever you should, that's great. I don't think that you should be skeezy and try to make a community. So bad habits don't die that easily. And so I made a group and I was like, I'm going to make this group and it's going to be a whole group of women. I deleted it last week because I was so upset with myself. I'm like, you idiot. It literally looks like your old team page. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to go, you're going to go help. I've laughed at myself. I'm like, you're really going to go help these people do what? Like you're selling a product. Like you can't do that. And so now I've kind of shifted into like, I love analytics. I love numbers. I love editing. I love making graphics. I love designing videos. And so I'm like, I'm going to nerd out and I'm going to own it. And that's what I'm going to do. And so I started focusing more on that for companies, but I, I realized very quickly I missed community and like, I still don't have that. And I'm, it's gonna make me sound like such a loner. I am okay with not having a big community because I'm realizing the value that I find in individual connections that I make with people. Now I've realized that, um, I did some work for like a nonprofit and the women just that I connected with through that. I'm like, Oh my God, these are insanely talented amazing, empowering women. They were like, you look like a little Amy Schumer. And I'm like, say it again. Like, please say it again. Cause I love Amy Schumer. And so just me realizing that the industry is not special in finding community and finding relationships, you can still find that. And a lot of people, I'm going to call it like it is, a lot of people are still in an industry or in a business or a company because of the community, they are not there for the money. And if you leave an industry and you leave a company 
And that community disowns you, doesn't speak to you, doesn't reach out and check in on you. Um, that's not your community. I mean, that's a very blunt way to say it. Um, but I have very quickly realized that like, I only had a handful of friends and even then we still don't talk every day. Um, we don't, we just don't, um, cause you don't have to. And I feel like that was another thing within the industry is you have to be in contact all day, all the time in the chats, in the rooms. And I'm like, why? For ex- what? Oh, well, obviously. So that way you can manipulate everyone into being under your thumb. And like, I mean, if you don't have space in your brain to be like, oh, yes. well, I haven't talked to my upline in three days. So like, cause I that should go that check space. in with her. Right. Yeah. I should go check in with my upline or else she's going to think that I'm lazy and that I suck at this. And oh my gosh, I've not made a post in six hours. So everyone's going to think that I quit or my favorite because the last company I was with, they do like a launch. I don't know when the wind blows. And so if I didn't post on launch day, like, how does that look? The top leader didn't make a post. She didn't talk about the new product. I'm like, cause we shot another one yesterday. Don't nobody care. Yeah. None of my customers care. Um, but watch out for the companies. I will say this, that are launching either a new product all the time and, or running a sale all the time. And, or this is my favorite one, adding new, mm, you see how red my chest is. It's cause I'm like trying not to go there. Launching a new category mm. is a very prevalent way of re-pyramiding. And I'm going to keep saying that word because people need to say it more. It's when people leave or inside of a company, you continually are, are building new things to get more in or to get the people in to get more things. Okay. Closed circuit. That's the economics term I learned today. It is a closed circuit organization, meaning that the only way the organization is making money is by producing an income within that organization. So if they don't want us to call them a pyramid scheme anymore, we will just call them a closed circuit organization because it is the same slap in the face. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. And that's so true. So like, like for an example, that would be like, so I'm a therapist and I work, um, for a company. And if we all only gave therapy to each other and didn't offer therapy (laughs) to the like, how ridiculous that would be a closed circuit because we only like it is it's ridiculous and then we laugh when we say it about therapy Mm -hmm. but like when it's MLM people who are inside the industry they're like oh but we have customers I'm like your mom does not count right your mom does not count the same customer that purchases from you this is where I get like super heated because I would I was trying to teach people business ethics like Mm -hmm. one of my things was show five sell three you show five products you sell three out of the five boom If a customer has, this is going to make me sound so nerdy when it comes to business, but it's called an IPT, item per transaction. If you're running a three IPT, this is long come training, by the way, Um, and Clinique, any like beauty counter that you work for, because I worked there too. It's it's a three IPT and a $75 average sale transaction. I was trying to teach people how to run those numbers because if you're hitting those with new customers and then you're doing... I mean, maybe it's so nerdy, a three, 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 where you're doing a method of following up. 
like you're, you are building customers, Mm -hmm. but God forbid it's not a customer. It's like, we got to go steal people too. Um, and so that I tried, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work because you have to, you have to have the fake friendships. People inside of your company don't like you. Can I say that? Like just that abrupt, like if you leave the company and they don't still talk to you, they're not your friends. That is the most important thing that I wish I could have beat into my skull so many times. Um, I still have people that I, I trained. I actually was, this will tell you like about me as an offline. I was training people at my old company when I was with my new company to help inside of my old company. That's how toxic I was, first of all, that like, oh, let me go help two pyramid schemes. But I, I cared enough about them and they respected me enough that they were like, yo dog, we need some help. Like, we don't know what we're doing. And I'm like, okay, we need to run this, 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 and this. And these are product education. Um, in the beauty industry, I feel like, not that it's harder to do beauty education, but I see so many wellness companies not doing any product education. I'm like, how the are y'all selling your product with a before and after every day? Like that's all y'all are doing is just before and afters and starve yourself. And with beauty, like you can do a before and after, but when you break down ingredients that are inside the product and I tell you why something's working for your skin, how to use it, when to use it, are you, you're probably going to buy the product. And so I would try and teach people, like, if you will educate people, they will buy from you because nobody else is. Um, But I'm going to say this, the industry makes you, even though they say you're lazy, if you fail, the industry actually makes you lazy because you're reposting graphics that your upline made. You're copy and pasting the exact same post about rosacea, eczema, which is the FTC claim. If you see people doing it on their post, you can report those to the FTC um, because it is a medical claim. Um, I was the, I was the toxic upline that if you were on my team, this is all oh, I'm about to admit some stuff. I was the toxic upline that if you were on my team and you were a brat and you were being mean to me or you didn't like my trainings and you were talking smack about me, not only would I report you to the FTC, which by the way, would have been a shot at my foot. I would report you to compliance. I was a compliance policer. I'm like, they're doing an income claim. They are because and I'm not kidding. I was so mean. <laughs> This is you were chat. This is no. This is this, hilarious. You has anybody ever talked about this? No. Oh, listen, no person is. To, oh, I'm about to tell you the biggest tea on the whole industry. Okay, so this is what happened. The upline. The way this is bad. Oh my god. Okay, buckle up, Buttercups. So when your upline does not like you, okay, or when you are um, outperforming an upline or when you are not conforming to the community, whatever's rules, the party, you don't come to the pajama party that you were invited to. They're going to do this thing where it is like, they are segregating you from the company by, well, I would go after the team that was under them. So like, if I was here and you were two people under me or one person under me, I would go and make friends with your downline and your downline would love me. And then anything that you would say doesn't matter. It does not matter now. Oh, this is toxic. This is chaotic. Now 
when the upline of that team was doing things like, I don't know, like Angelique and popping on a podcast and then people want to get crappy, um, that upline would then go report it to compliance and then compliance built a folder against somebody. And once they build a folder and they don't have to build a folder, honestly, they can just be like, we don't like you, you're terminated. Guess what happens? You're out. Those are mine. That's a group roll up. Okay. So I had, I've had roll-ups happen before. Um, that you, but, that you specifically like crafted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about how I'm a crappy upline? Cause I didn't do incentives. I, I did do incentives sometimes, but not often. I was not the ones like giving away a coach purse and more could afford it. But number two, I'm like, why am I going to do this? And so people do work for incentives, but I felt like they were pointless. Um, but yeah, I, I reported people to compliance. Um, what else did I do? Oh, there was that one time where, oh my, there was this one time with a said company that I was with, um, somebody had left and the corporate attorneys, I'll give you a hint. It was not my last company. Um, and I'm like way outside the realm for the other two to come after me, but, um, I would be the one that wasn't unblocked. And I was the one taking screenshots of where they were messaging different people so that the attorneys could say they're cross recruiting. Oh, and guess how much, listen, and I was stupid then, stupid. Do you know how much that benefited me in doing that with my time? Not one bit because I was not getting anything in the roll-up. But do you know what I was getting, Danielle? What? All the top leaders thought I was so cool and I was getting their approval. So I got to sit at the cool kids club. So gross. And then they'll also like bonus buying. This is just like, and what's so crazy is, it's like, that's not my behavior. Like, that's just not who I am as a person. I'm just like, okay, whatever. They're, they're doing something bad. That's not my problem. Like I, it, it's not affecting me. Right. Um, and we'll get into like, cause some people are going to try and use that against me. We'll wait till the end. Um, but that was one thing that I did. I, I would go after people I would perceive as against the company or not following the rules. And I would report them to compliance. And then I would urge their teams to report them to compliance. I'm like, don't come whining to me. If you don't like that she's cross-recruiting or you don't like the last company I was with, we didn't have to sign an NDA or like a non-compete until you hit my rank at rank 10, um, which surprise, I can do anything because I'm not doing anything inside the industry anymore. So I'm not building another business. They cannot say anything if I decide to speak up. So anyway, if they do, can I say this? Can I have just one more spicy moment? If they do, I want to post it and I will read it on social media. Yes. Um, because one thing that you guys have empowered me so much on is I'm allowed to share my experience. I'm allowed to speak up. I'm allowed to, to voice it um, using protective language and using factual information. I have done that in this podcast. Um Right. As long as you are saying the truth and as long as you're talking about things from your experience, then it's fair game. Yeah. And so that was, I think that was one of the behaviors that I, even now looking back on, regardless of if somebody stayed within an organization, they're out, 
I owe them an apology. I owe that to them. Um, and I remember specifically two of the people that that had happened with before, even when I was still inside the industry. And I was like, Hey, by the way, um, you may not know that I did this, but I need to tell you that I did this to you, which is so like, some people are like, why would you even do that? And I'm going, it's a conscience thing. Um, and I mean, that's, that's why I'm here too, is it's a, it's a conscience thing. It's an ethics. Right. Like people are probably going to listen to this and they're going to be like, damn, this girl threw herself under the bus like five times. Absolutely. Um, but it's so true. Like this community is all about like holding yourself accountable and moving forward and taking, just taking accountability for what we've done because we all went into this thinking we were going to make money. We were going to make friends and it was going to be a freaking blasty blast, but it, Mm -hmm. like when you take away the troll party, as Roberta likes to call it, like, it's Uh, not a blasty blast. No, (laughs) no, it's hard, hard work for no money and it's fake friendships. And, you know, it's just so sad because some of those friendships could have been real and like maybe some of them are real, but it's really hard to trust people afterwards that that was your friendship from. And like, I feel like I lost some really legitimate friendships um, that I had when I first started some of my businesses. And it just really sucks to know that like, oh yeah, losing real friends, I think is the hardest. Yeah. And especially I think about relationships and friendships I had before I got in. Those are the ones that I'm like, I miss her. You know what I mean? Like I miss. And, and I will say this about getting out. One of the most empowering things that I've had happen for me recently has been the influx of messages from people that I hadn't been connected to that go, I'm so glad that you're finally out. Like it has been, that has been empowering. Um, and honestly, it, it makes me go, okay, I do need to keep speaking up. I do need to keep, keep doing this. Cause I was addicted to, and I'll say it. I was addicted to the impact. I loved doing motivational speeches. I loved like, even though they were motivational speeches for the wrong, I don't know, segue. Like I do know that I did make an impact in some people's lives mm-hmm. and that that's what I'm extremely passionate about. Um, but I'm more passionate about letting people know you don't have to all be perfect. Um, and I think that's why I'm, I know everybody has like different niches within side of being anti MLM, but I haven't seen a lot of people come in and say, I'll throw myself under the bus. And I'm going to tell you all of my, you know, that old thing that people used to tell you when you're having a disagreement with somebody, have an eye conversation, mm-hmm. like, if I say I did this, I'm not talking, I'm not saying them. I'm saying I was doing this. I'm bringing awareness to that. I'm exposing me. Um, and then I'm walking through the after effects of what does that look like? Dude, it's hard. Like I had somebody comment the other day. I'm so sorry that you fell subject to those behaviors. I'm not doing that. And I'm like, so basically this person said I'm weak as hell. Like, and to have no backbone and no wherewithal to know what was going on and looking back on it. No, I didn't. Now, listen, I am all gas, no brakes. 
let's have a conversation um because it needs to stop it just it has for the sake of women's mental health it has to stop it's you know I think that sorry I'm like there are so many things that I want to address. So first of all, um, no, you're good. Um, you are so right. And I think that there's just so much here. Like there's so many people that need help and that they need to be able to say like, yes, I did wrong. And that's the thing that holds them back. And that's the thing that holds people from getting out of MLM. It is like taking your bra off. Oh my God, it's the best feeling to be like, I sucked and I was wrong, but I want to do better. Oh my God. It is literally like popping as it, taking a bra off. It's relieving. If I could encourage people to do anything, it would be, be accountable for what you can be accountable for. And like, it's scary, but it really does feel so good. And like, that's part of the reason why anti-MLM exists is because we realized like what we were doing is wrong and uh, being able to talk about it and be like, yes, I was wrong. Yes, I did make mistakes. And here I am owning it up. It feels freaking amazing. Yeah. And I know Roberta talks a lot in her podcast about like the dopamine hits, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm telling you every time that I am raw and vulnerable and just like, let me do it's a dopamine hit. It is, it is a hundred percent. I can own the fact that this part of my journey and speaking out, and I told this to my husband the other day, and I think that's when he got it. I said, me having any sort of content or participation in anti-MLM stuff, said it is a hundred percent for my healing journey. It has nothing to do with anything else. Um, And I was bragging on all of you. I was like, this is not like, oh my gosh, let me go make money and like shame all these people. I said, Michael, I said, I have not witnessed people who to their core actually care about the people who are in the industry more than this group um, of women and men. I've learned that there's men anti-MLMers, by the way. I was like, oh my gosh, what? And so I got really excited then. Um, but I said, you know, this, this, is, this is selfishly for me. And I said, there's also something about saying it's about me. Um, and it's for me that I know I need to do this. And then I think after that also comes the advocacy part of if I realized I needed this bad, how much do other people need it that bad? Um, And so discussing what it's like when you get out, um, it's a hurricane. It is, I'm still, I, I I still have good days and bad days. I remember before we got on, you said, how's your day? And I'm like, well, today is a good day. Today I'm okay. And I'm like, that was a healthy answer because we don't have to blanket statement things anymore and just say, I'm doing great. We can say, well, today sucked. Um, and right. be honest and, and vulnerable. Like it's okay. It's okay to right. be angry. It's okay to be upset. Um, working through that's been, it's been good. You know, what kind of just came into my head is like, you know, our society tells men that they're not allowed to have emotions and they're not allowed to express feelings and all that stuff. And that's what MLM does to women. Um, it does because we're not allowed to have bad days. Like you were saying, like, because everything is positive because you are in whatever company you are in. And it's so it's all toxic positivity, but it's just like, we're fighting so hard. Like 
to normalize mental health for men while we are actively stifling mental health for women? Oh, it's huge. I literally, um, I remember I was driving oversharing. I know it's something that like, eventually I want to like talk about more and why. Um, but I realized with oversharing that I also lost a coping mechanism, which was how to, and this is going to be very, you're the smart one when it comes to this stuff, but you talk about things like self-soothing. You talk about being able to like work through things on your own. Um, we talk about this with kids. Well, when you overshare so much, what I've realized in this part of my journey is there are times that like, I want to pick up the phone and my oversharing, like, yes, there was some public, but there was a lot private too. Um, I think that's why it's really hard for me to like trust people with what I tell them. Um, and there are days that I want to pick up the phone and like overshare with somebody what's going on in my life. And when I don't have that, I'm like, what do I do with my hands? What, what do I do here? Um, and that has created like not a new anxiety, but a new, this is something you have to work on, but it's also been like, this is why they have therapists. Like, <laughs> this so is, this, this is, is why you go to therapy. <laughs> this is so funny because I, I actually, um, restarted therapy today. Uh, pat myself on the back. Thank you. Thank you. I actually really like my new therapist. Um, shout out to you, John, if you ever listen to my podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so we actually talked about that today because I told her, I was like, I feel like I overshare, but like, I don't really feel like I have very many negative side effects from it. And we talked about how, first of all, oversharing can be a trauma response. And mm-hmm. also like oversharing isn't always like, cause I was telling her, I was like, you know, I see some TikToks that are like, oh, like it's bad to overshare and things like that. But like, is it bad for me to overshare? Is it bad? Is it bad? Or are you oversharing with the wrong people? Well, oh. I, I think that's, that's, that's what I was going to go to say to you is that like, because yep. I've, like I said, I've never really had any negative impacts of oversharing. Um, yeah. at least not that I know of, and maybe my ADHD just makes me blind to it sometimes. Like maybe I do make people feel very uncomfortable and I'm just like, nope, this is me. This is my life. And this is like, I lay my cards on the table, do with it what you will. Like you can't hurt me with my yeah. life because I know exactly what I just told you. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's something that, and I'll, oh, that you hit me with that one. So that's one thing with this part of my journey. Like I, and I told you, like, there's some things I'm not going to talk about on here. And I was talking to somebody in my family today and I was like, you know what? I hope one of those people even think about coming out and being like, oh, well, did you know this? Did you know that? And me knowing that that was a private, like confident thing. Um, that is the thing that I'm going, you know what? If I have put it out there and I have thrown myself under the bus, do you really think that that's going to affect me? Or do you think that that's going to negatively impact someone's perception of you based off of what you're doing? And I think that for me is very empowering, but as an upline is very hard to overshare. My team like didn't know about half the things going on. Now that I've been out talking with some that are also out, they're like, what that happened? And I'm like, oh, you didn't know. And I'm going, 
it's because I was telling this other person Mm -hmm. and then you get out and what does everybody do? Any private information that you shared like that, it's like, oh, well, did you know this? Did you know that? It's used to their advantage when you're oversharing. And I don't, I don't want to let, you know what, let's just rebrand this. It's not called oversharing. It's called being a vulnerable human and having like a moment where you need to release stuff. If you have a healthy sounding board and if you need to be in a position to where people don't go and you're worried about people exposing you go to a therapist, right? Like, don't you guys have like, I don't know, client privilege thing, that thing that you have. Confidentiality. There you go. Like, I'm like, what is that big word? Um, If you feel that like you have things bottled up and you don't feel safe sharing it with someone, you do need to go to a therapist. Like you need to go to somebody that you trust. Um, Like I shared with you, I am a Christian. Um, Lucky lucky for me, I know a pastor, he's my brother-in-law and I can be like, haha, you can't tell anybody because that is a confidential thing. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's private. And so people do feel a lot more safe. And that's one thing that like, if I could encourage people to do, I feel like mental health should be free. Like, I feel like people should just be able to go and talk. Um, I feel Preach. like probably, yeah, I probably feel like 80% of like what I went through, um, and I'm working through would have never happened if I would have been able to have a safe space and a safe sounding board and not somebody listening to me to see what they could gain. Um, I have been like saying for a while now that I really think that mental health should be treated the same way as a primary care doctor where everyone has like a quarterly mental health visit. Um, it can't be once a year. That's not enough. Um, no, but like a not. quarterly, I and like even quarterly is not really enough, but like enough that you're like, have a spot check-in and like somebody would be like, Hey, you know what? I think you need more than just the once the quarter. I think you need weekly. I think you need bi-weekly. Yeah. Like, I think that that would be so and helpful. It should be and would- celebrated. Mm-hmm. It should be celebrated. Like I'm going to therapy it should be the exact same as like, I just got married or in a relationship or I got a puppy, whatever, like Mm -hmm. people should be able to, we should have mental health influencers that are like, I went to therapy, check me out, link in bio. Like, I don't care how they do it, but like it, it needs to be out there more. And Jessica, she does a really good job. I forget her Higston. Um, I love her by the way. She, she does such a good job of making it not only cool, but normal, like Mm -hmm. just an authentic, um, I saw her TikTok the other day that was like, I share about mental health all the time, but I actually just went to a therapist for the first time today. Like that right there. I just like wanted to throw her a party, a pizza party, something. Um, and I think we should encourage our friends to do it more. I think it should be a normal conversation. How's your dog? How's your poop? How's your mental health? Whatever you need to say, make it normal. Um, I think that would have helped me uh, not get as dark as I got with mine. Right. Yeah. And like, it can get really scary. It can get really, really scary. All right. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we wrap up for today? Um, I think the last thing that I really just want to say is you can do so much better. Like you, you can, it's, it's scary. I know I was terrified. I know I didn't see my value. Um, I have done like these free jobs for people, honestly, for the dopamine hit. 
but also to be like, can I do this? Um, like I did awards show and a graphics for an award ceremony. Has Lauren ever done award show graphics to the level and like extent? No, I didn't. But I, the exact same way that your uplines tell you to Google and figure it out, you can Google and figure it out how to get out. You can find different ways. Um, I will say that the job industry now should be pushing people out of MLMs. You can land your dream job. You can, um, whether it's a nine to five, a freelance, a contract, whatever you, with the way that the job industry is right now, you can go get a job anywhere. If that's where you want to work and you can put your mind to it, you can have the ethics, you can back it up. Um, I feel like there was a resource for people who have been inside of direct sales and MLMs getting out. Like, how do I do a resume? How do I conduct myself in an interview? I will tell you that I got offered a six figure job. Um, I did not take it by the way, because I'm not selling anymore. <laughs> I'm not selling anything. I don't want to be in a sales department. Um, but I interviewed for a position, um, with a, with a man, it was a man interviewing me. It was not a woman on the other side of that screen. I was terrified out of my mind because um, he was like super older. And I'm like, this is going to be no fun at all. Um, we had the, listen, like we had the best time on the interview. Um, but at the end of the interview, he asked me this um, pivotal question. He said, I understand what people do inside of network marketing and direct sales. I understand the work that goes in behind it. Um, and the level that you're at, he said, why would you want to get out? And I did not hesitate. And I said, it's a dying industry. I said, it, it, it will go away. It has to, I said, but ethically, I said, I couldn't sleep at night anymore. And this is an, like, I'm trying to get a job and I'm over here telling this man, I can't sleep at night no more. I can't sleep at night. I don't want to get up in the morning. I'm depressed. Like, I know I am a powerful businesswoman. I know I am strong. I know I'm smart. I'm capable. Like I throw out all the affirmations all day long. Um, but when push came to shove, do you know why I did not accept the job? Why? Because I still thought I could change my company. I was still in my company when I interviewed. Yeah. And so there's, when I say that there's missed opportunities, it's, that, I mean, that was my, like the door's open. My hand is out. If you want to get out, I feel like there's some people that are in the industry right now that I could be like, I'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars a year. I'll pay you what you're making there for you to get out. It is the connection to not just the industry, but I really think the downline, um, if there's anything that I lose sleep over at night now, it's that it's how is this interview with you going to affect them? Like you can see my chest. I'm like all red and hidey. It's, it's because I'm worried yeah. about how, how is it going to affect them? If they don't realize, just go do it, just go do it. That's it. Yeah. So that's it. Last question. Yeah. I don't know how long we've been on here, but I'm so sorry if I went over. Oh no, you're doing great. So Lauren, I, first of all, I want to, before I ask you my final question, I want you to know that you are always welcome back on here. Like, I think people have a lot to learn from you. And if you, I know you're going to make your audience. You're going to make so much content. to unpack. There was yeah. so much to unpack. So if you want to like, if people want to like ask you questions and like us do, I'm good with that. I'm fine yeah. with that. 
or if even just like down the line, you're like, you know what? I, I have new mental health journey. Like we need to go back. We need to talk again. Just let yeah. me know. Um, all right. Well, with all that being said, um, I actually, I kind of, I want to know what your canned why was like, what was your canned why for MLM, but also what was your anti-MLM why? Cause I'm just so curious what, what so, yours was. <laughs> so when I was in the industry, um, my why was honestly, I just wanted to make an impact it wasn't about money. Like I just wanted to be able to impact people. Um, and I thought that I could, um, I just wanted to help. Like that was it. I just wanted to help, um, being out. It's the same. I just want to help, but it's a lot deeper. Um, like I said, I was a top recruiter. There are, that makes me sad. Um, there's so many people I brought in. Um, and me knowing this statement and she's finally saying her name, her name was Kayla. She sent me a message one day when I was in and she said, I can't wait to be where you are so that I can have more influence over company decisions. And I'm like, what? And I'm going, I, I mean, I was organizing sales. I was coming up with when products are launching, not my job, but I was doing it. Um, And all I could think of was they really think I have that much power. Um, And so dismantling that perception, number one, they don't have any power. Your uplines have no power other than like, we can go conspire to get people fired, I guess. Um, me being able to help those women see what I was trying to show them inside of network marketing was their value. I can't do that inside of network marketing. I can only do it outside. Um, There is something very powerful about seeing a woman independently on her own. I think community is great. I miss it. That's like the one thing that I miss is like having girlfriends. Um, it makes me so sad. I, I met more, um, but disrupting that and letting them see that you as a standalone without a team, without a company, you have talent. That's one of the hardest conversations I have with people is what do you want to do? And they're like, I don't know what I can do. And I'm like, girl, shut up. Like you were the bomb at this, or you were the bomb at that. I sucked at doing as much as I love community. I sucked at doing like the fun events, like mm-hmm. the zoom dress up parties. I was like, can we just get on and talk about like KPIs and SEOs? And like, that's, that's the, sh- I love, like, I yeah. love business stuff, but, um, that's what I want them to see is how incredibly amazing they are on their own. Um, and if that means that I have to get bare naked on a podcast and throw myself under a bus 18 times and still at the end say, I am a freaking smart powerful, impactful woman for them to do the same thing than I will. Um, I just want them to know how special they are. That's, that's really what it boils down to. Um, I don't have a hidden agenda. I don't want to be a business coach. I don't want to be a, whatever I thought I was for a little bit. I was like, I'm going to be a business coach. I don't want to, I just want to be on social media when I feel like it, like, honestly, um, 
I have stuff that I'm going to be doing that when I tell you is like, it has nothing to do with sales. It's not even something that has to be marketed on social media. That right there makes me happy to know that I'm just going to be able to use my platform for making an impact and not have to have any strings attached is huge. Yeah. It, it feels so good. And I'm so excited to like, see where your journey goes. Um, because I know you're going to be, I'm excited too. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to do it, but by God, I'm going to do something. Um, and honestly, like that's how everything is in my life is I just go, I don't know how to do it all, but I'm going to figure it out. And how can I make a difference today? And today it was your podcast tomorrow. It might be, I don't know. I really want to like, this is going to sound bad. I want to like pick at conventions. I saw that on somebody's story today. I'm like, Oh my God, guys, that would be so much fun. But like, not necessarily like pick it with a sign. I mean, you can do that outside of like the CEO's hotel room, but like get them flowers. Like I'll bring you a water bottle. Like I know you're about to have to spend 30 minutes in line at McDonald's to try and get some food because they are not catering to you and you're not getting any. I will throw you a pizza party. I want to throw pizza parties at conventions and be like, y'all come hang out with us if you want to. We won't tell nobody. We will have escorts. Like that's what I want. I want to give them the opportunity to like hear that there's, there's other things outside of that. And honest to God, I feel like more companies should even allow it to happen. I feel like they should. If your company's so good, let me come sit outside and, and give my spiel. I was a top recruiter, sucker. I'll pull them over here real quick, real, real quick. Like, right. Um, yeah. If you're, like that would if, be fun. <laughs> if you have a legitimate company, then you should be able to stand up to criticism. You should be fine with it. Right. Exactly. They hate it. But I really love the Planned Parenthood method of <laughs> trying yeah, to like, help people. I will, like, let me escort them off the stage. I remember what a goal that was to walk across the stage. And I'm yeah. like, what if you made it mandatory? Like, okay, like, let's get FTC regulations, but let's take it a step further. If all companies have to have a certain structure of like, this is where the top is, make them go through like, you have to complete a 12 month course on how to not be a cult leader that would not go over well that would not go over well I mean but I got some good ideas yeah I I'm not really sure how we would make that happen but it would be really nice if it did I'm not either because it would mm -mm. I've listened to way too many lawsuits this week it's been rough yeah but it's been good so this was great thank you for everything (laughs) you do by the way thank thank you you course. Um, all right, everyone. Oh, Lauren, where can people find you? Oh my gosh. I'm not the cool kid. Did I just, I did just look, you can expose me. I just had to look. (laughs) I am on Instagram. I'm going with goings. I feel like, and on TikTok, I think it's going with the goings. I thought I was cool with my last name and I was like, this is the cutest plug ever, but it's going (laughs) with goings on Instagram. Um, I have a Facebook it's Lauren goings. But I think for mental health purposes, I'll be like that page, like my profile will be there, but I'm not going to be checking it that often. Yeah. And then, yeah, just find me on Instagram. I'm not that cool. I responded to somebody today. They're like, I'm fangirling. I'm like, I'm not that special. Like, stop, (laughs) stop making people think they're cool. They're not. I'm eating Cheetos. (laughs) You're the best. All right, everyone, if you have made it this far and you have not posted your comment to the FTC, I'm going to give you the fastest rundown of how to do that. So what you're going to do 
this, you're going to go to www.mlmchange.org. You're going to select your language, scroll about halfway down the page. You're going to find a little black box that says, um, post my comment to the FTC. You click that. It's going to bring you to the FTC website. Then at the top of the page, there's a little green box that says, post my comment to the FTC or something like that. Um, you click that box and it's going to bring you to like a big blank square where you can type. And you're just going to type, type, type your little heart out, write all of the things that you don't like about MLMs, about income claims, about income disclosures, um, how having a mandatory income disclosure may have helped you, um, and also how if there was a cooling off period, how that could have helped you and any ideas about how to implement that. That will also be really helpful. That is what they're looking at doing. That is the whole purpose of this rule. If you have any other suggestions, there is a physical human reading every single one of these comments. So this is your time to shine. Please give them all of your suggestions. Um, all right, so then after that, there's a spot that it wants you to put your email and um, your email is not exposed to the public, it is just for the FTC. And then you get to choose if you want to put your name down or if you want to be anonymous. So you just click whichever one you want. And if you put your name, you fill in your name stuff and then you hit submit and you're all done. And your comment can literally be one sentence. It can be, so if it was me and I was gonna choose one sentence, I would say, I lost over $10,000 to my multi-level marketing company. And that was just one, <laughs> like, and, um, but you can write as much as you want. You can also attach, um, documents. So if you have screenshots, you can add all of those things in and it will just be so helpful. So please, please, please. Uh, the deadline is May 10th. So you have less than a month to get it done and do not sit on this. We need your help. Um, and okay, that's it. <laughs> so I hope that you guys have a fantastic day and I appreciate you for listening. If you have not already, please leave a five-star review on Spotify and Apple podcast. It helps to get the spot, the the podcast seen by other people. Also, if you want to take a screenshot of this episode and you can tag me and Lauren in it, um, that lets us know that you enjoyed it and that you maybe want more Lauren on here. Uh, all right. I think that's it. I hope that you guys have a fantastic day and you're taking care of yourselves. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>